Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians comic book Friday. How are we doing there, Kev? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. Took a nice nap today. Felt good. Yeah, it was a pretty long, long week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten any better. It's getting worse. <laughs> uh, especially since we haven't seen... Um, Doctor Strange, yes. Oh, I know. You know, unfortunately, that's the life of a forty-hour-a-week person. And, you know, and to be my fair, schedule is totally random. To be fair, when we're recording this, we haven't seen it, but we will probably have seen it by the time it uh, it comes out. For all those who are paying attention, oh, for sure, for sure. But uh, I think you got a rock and stone set the tone for us. We do have a rock and stone set the tone question. If you could replace a single character in any movie that you've seen, could be science fiction, could be superhero, uh, you just want to replace the actor. Okay. What movie would it be in? Which um, actor would you choose? Ooh, well, that's a difficult one. It's a good question, though. I mean, it, <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day when we were doing our Cast Your Own franchise, which was very fun, actually. We should consider doing something like that again in the future. But I... I would probably do, let's see, I don't think he would do better, but I would probably switch out Tommy Lee Jones in the Men in Black movies with um, Alan Arkin, because who doesn't love seeing Alan Arkin in anything? I know. Uh, He was a big hit in Get Smart for me. Yeah. (laughs) Even though... Even though he's gotten aged, he's still as funny as he ever was. Oh yeah, absolutely. Age hasn't slowed that aspect of him down at all. No, I mean, no, anything no. made it better. But I uh, want to go for the I want to go for the less gruff character, even though Kay probably should be gruff and uh, rough around the edges, with a little more fun-loving comedy relief. And then at that point, I'd probably have switched out Will with something, someone a little more serious, but like rookie serious. Okay. I would have to go with the Fifth Element. If you didn't know, Ooh. Fifth Element is my favorite movie. I love The Fifth Element. And as much as I love Gary Oldman as uh, Zorg, I would have to go with someone who does a really good job of being menacing in just pretty much anything he's in. So I'd have to go with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's, recently gotten into something pretty big. He's the kingpin in uh, the foreseeable yeah, future the for kingpin. the MCU. He was the villain in the cell. Well, he was really in Law and Order, uh, Criminal Intent, if I'm not mistaken. I well, enjoyed. I mean, at this point, if you haven't been in it, can you call yourself an actor? Well, he was one of the main characters. Like, oh, like okay. in SVU, Benson and Stabler were. Have you the watched important the ones. new uh, Law and Order? Organized crime one. The the one that just or the oh the one that the reboot of the new one yeah yeah no no I didn't really watch the old one to tell you the truth I only really watched SVU and Criminal yeah, Intent uh, same here I haven't had uh, time to watch it and I forget when I do have time so I yeah. get around to it speaking of Fifth, fifth Element though uh, fun fact about that one because I've always got fun facts it's one of the if not the only one of the very very few count them on your own hand movies or stories where the main uh, protagonist and the main antagonist never meet. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting the first couple times I watched that. 
Yeah, um, I remember when I had my mind blown by that fact. Uh, it, it drove me yeah. up a wall because then then what you got to do is you got to sit there and you got to watch the movie. And it's not like it's a bad movie, so it's it's not super well, it, unenjoyable. It makes things tedious when you have to focus on like small details. And the closest they ever get is when... I can't remember Gary Oldman's name in that Zorg. When Zorg makes his way onto the ship because he doesn't have the stones and he's trying to figure out where they are and they're trying to escape off the ship because the bomb's about to blow and they sort of cross paths near the elevator but never actually run into each other. Yeah, Uh, and honestly, it's just there's so much good stuff about that movie. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's 100% worth it. Yeah, it's... it's, um, Die Hard in Space. Die Hard in Space with a, an exceptional space opera in the middle. Yes. <laughs> even Chris I would, I Tucker's would go see that. Even Chris Tucker's character, although written annoying, is not that annoying. It's kind of funny, especially after the first few times you've watched it, you start to get what they're trying to uh, accomplish with that character. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a overblown personality for radio. Which is what you get with like Man Doug in the morning, and his. It's honestly it, it predicted a lot of what influencers do today, right? They get they get crazy. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm you, trying to prevent myself kidding? from saying super. They get crazy. <laughs> they get I'll insane, and their personalities are dialed up to a hundred. That's what they do nowadays because that gets the likes and the views. I mean, I get just contradict me if I'm wrong, but. I think Ruby Rod would just dominate social influencing at he this point. Yeah, he'd have been uh, he would have been a better choice than Logan Paul or Jake Paul. Oh, I mean he he'd have the top YouTube. He'd have the top top. Yeah, he'd he'd. I'm pretty sure he'd outpace PewDiePie for sure on YouTube. Oh yeah, for sure. He'd he'd just wipe him out. Just no question. No question there. No Ruby, question. Ruby Rod would have the best. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't watch TikTok, but I would watch TikTok if it was mostly Ruby Rod. If it was Ruby Rod, sure, I'd watch yeah. TikTok. Ruby I don't care for it. Rod. I don't really care for the thirty-second intervals of. It was fun when it was Vine, but nowadays it's. Well, it's Vine, the same Vine stuff over like, and over and no... over again. It, you were just doing it for the fun of it. People were more yeah. creative back then. Yes. In Vine. Nowadays, you can tell it's all staged and. Well, it's all, all for like, you know. It's, it's all for likes. And, money. and it's all the money. same stuff. It's never anything yeah. original or interesting. Yeah, I mean, you get a couple things here and there, but honestly, like. It takes a lot for to get me, me to laugh. Like, I tried and it just didn't work. Murphy in or out. <laughs> no, it's. Yeah, me. it's not. Uh, it's not worth watching for me. I mean, YouTube shorts I'll watch every once in a while, but at that point I'll end up getting distracted and need to watch an, an entire YouTube video instead of a short. Well, yeah. Or, like, I'll have to watch all of that creator's content, which will take, like, you know, five minutes. So they're only 30 seconds of each. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, but uh, uh, so we're getting yeah. distracted here. We're getting distracted. <laughs> we're getting distracted. What's, our, what's mm-hmm. our topic for today, Ryan? What are we doing this Today's week? Today's topic is Doctor Strange. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I got to tell you, there has been some major condensing because this character goes way back. This is... Way back. 1960s, right? He's a 1960s yes. Marvel yes. character. From uh, early, early Marvel. Uh, so before we get into that, 
Uh, let's talk about what's new. What's new this week? What came out on the 4th? May the 4th. So don't forget to check out uh, LeagueComicGeeks.com for all your new this week. So you got some stuff coming out of Marvel. You got Star Wars 23, because come on, how do you not have a Star Wars comic come out on May the 4th? May the 4th be with you. Uh, we got Iron Man number 19. That one had a really interesting cover. So uh, it has, it's a, there's a nice variant where it's a picture of Tony Stark, but he's taken his face off like the Iron Man mask. And the Iron Man mask is on underneath him. So I think it's it's a story that's probably Iron... about uh, oh, how he's more, more the suit than the man. Iron Man, the final enemy? Uh-huh, yep. Oh, like he's taking off, yeah, he's taking off his helmet, and he's looking at it like Othello in um, Othello. (laughs) 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 He's like Hamlet uh, looking at the skull of Yorick. There it is, yes, that's much, much better. Uh, Why did I say Othello? God damn it. Anyway. (laughs) You did. Yeah, Um, Hamlet, I did mean Hamlet. Hamlet. uh, Okay. I'm not going to go there because I'm going to get distracted. Uh, Marauders number two. So uh, I really recommend reading this new run of Marauders if you haven't uh, been reading that one. This one features Cassandra Nova, who is Charles Xavier's twin sister, uh, who is also like an ancient psychic parasite. You ever get the feeling that... They've run their course as for some of these characters, and then they're like, you know what? Let's bring in some family. Who can we bring in? Right. And then we'll bring in the daughters, neighbors, cousins, former roommate. Uh, <laughs> they they really do, and I mean, like you know, that's kind of how. And that's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, that's because like who the, the hell doesn't Summer's want? Family. Yeah, who doesn't want to know everything about a character that they absolutely love? Yeah, you gotta know their whole backstory, who their grandparents were, what they did, their how family's they got backstory, were, how obviously. that influenced that character's life, that character's children. Yeah. I find myself doing it for movies a lot. When a movie's over, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, "Well, how could they have continued the story? What interesting uh, divergent couldn't they could they have gone on?" Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no. or you know, what if? What is this movie from the other perspective? And they've been doing, and obviously Marvel and DC have been doing it for so long that they're they can do that now. They can do that whenever the hell they want. Oh yeah, and you've got like uh, so for Summers, you got Scott Summers, you've got Alex Summers, you've got Gabriel, which is his older brother who does a whole bunch of stuff. There's his son Nathaniel Summers, who is Cable from the freaking future, and then there's Rachel Summers and. Hope Summers, and it's just on and on and on and on and on. And there's like a whole family tree in one of the recent um, X-Men. It's like, what? <laughs> there's, because there's, there's so much, there's so much. But uh, <laughs> maybe we'll do a whole like Summers family Ooh, uh, be a good one. episode yeah. once we get into like specific cut characters more deeply. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's continue. Yeah. Star Wars Obi-Wan 1. Uh, definitely. Uh, this series exists because of the show. Oh yeah, o- Obi Wan. I'm 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 very stoked for. There's so many things that they're coming out with Agatha or the House of Harkness. I'm looking very much forward to. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. I'm looking very much forward to. Uh, there's just so many. I wish they would do a Squirrel Girl. Oh, that would be great. Like as a as a Disney Plus show. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, I would cast Anna Kendrick as Squirrel Girl. Okay. Yeah, sure. yeah, that would be good for sure. Gotta get a small I really want them girl. to do Next Wave. Uh, Next Wave was like a jokey uh, comic book during the Civil War. Uh, I would really, really like them to do either Disney Plus or like a movie of it because uh, it has some really interesting characters and it's a really interesting, unique character. Uh, they call, I don't know if I can say it here, but I think it's Captain Shit. <laughs> he, he, oh no, he we have a, we have an explicit a... tag on all of our podcasts because oh, okay. I swear quite constantly. It's either Captain Shit or Captain Fuck. I, I they blur they bleep it. Yeah, you could say they... you could say fuck all you want because okay. no one's going to stop um, us because we have an explicit tag. This isn't nice. for kids. Definitely, definitely not for kids. Yeah, and and this character is just a dude wearing a white T-shirt with like a leather jacket, and some aliens gave him his powers by putting a black star on his white T-shirt. He's basically, like, immortal. Okay. Uh, it's a really interesting, like, series. So you should read it. It's really funny. All right, I'll have to pick that up. Uh, so we got Ben Riley, Spider-Man 4. Uh, here's one, another X-Men one I'm excited for. Giant-sized X-Men Thunderbird 1. So Thunderbird is back. He's been resurrected, uh, as we talked about in X-Men. They can now resurrect mutants with the power of the five. So mm. I haven't read it yet. But I'm excited for it. Is it just mutants that they can do, or can they do mul- multitude of anybody? Really? Um, I believe that they could technically uh, resurrect anyone, but they only keep backups of mutants. Ah, gotcha. So they have to have a mental backup of that mutant to resurrect them, because they could technically create a shell, like a a body without a mind mm. uh, of anyone. But if they don't have something to put in it, it like decays rapidly. Got it. You would think that if at some point they would want like an upgraded body, because they could do that. Right? Uh, they can create they, anybody they want. And they then did upload. talk about that in oh. the Powers of X. Oh. So that's when they talked about uh, you know Mister Sinister creating mutants that have um, spliced together like multiple gifts. Mm-hmm. But let's not, let's not get too distracted. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I keep distracting us. <laughs> we're here very... to talk about magic, damn it. Yeah, we're here to talk about the mystic arts. Okay, continue. All right. Avengers Forever, number five. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, Exodus Alpha 1. Uh, Maestro World War M, number three. Uh, Black Panther Legends, number four. Spidey and His Amazing Friends, number one. And that last one is like a kid's book. So if anybody's looking to pick up comic books for their children, that one would be a good one. Spidey and His Amazing Friends, number one. Now we're on to DC. So we've got Batman 123. we got Flashpoint Beyond, number one. And I'm going to spoil this a little bit. I didn't read it yet, but um, it's based on the Thomas Wayne Batman. Like the Flashpoint Beyond ones? Yes. Oh, nice. So, uh, Wait, I'm, you, do, I'm sorry. I, I was, I was, I was reading something. Did you mention the Flashpoint Beyond ones, or are you mentioning something else entirely? No, this is Flashpoint Beyond. It's yeah. based on the Thomas Wayne. Batman. Yeah, because it's based on the what happened in Flashpoint, where Bruce got killed instead of Thomas, and Thomas is grieving, so he becomes mm-hmm. the Batman. Definitely pick that up. Uh, I think it's going to be a good series, whether you like DC or Marvel. Uh, so I would just grab it anyways. Probably be a good one. Just to have. We got Batman Killing Time, number three. Task Force Z, number seven. Batman Beyond Neo Year 2. Now, I didn't pick up book two of this, um, but uh, I 
really liked the first book. I thought it was a really interesting take on Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. So it does take place uh, when Bruce has died. And then you've got, uh, I always forget this character's name. You know his name, right? The Batman in Batman Beyond? Yeah. Batman uh, Beyond, it's yeah. escaping me at the moment. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Okay. Well, he's he's the one that's uh, there. So he's he's definitely the main character, as you'd expect a Batman Beyond book uh, to be about. Isn't it Terry? It's Terry, isn't it? Uh, yes. I think yeah. it's Terry. Yeah, it's his name. Terry something. Um, so really interesting. I would definitely pick that up. If you're into DC, for sure. Uh, Suicide, number 15. At Monkey Prince, number 4. One Star Squadron, 6. Nubia Coronation Special, 1. World of Krypton, number 6. Earth Prime, number 3. Legends of Tomorrow. And then we're on to Image. Uh, Image, we got Radiant Black, number 14. Deadly Class, 52. Another one of Kevin's favorites, Little Monsters, number three. <laughs> That's so yeah. weird. It's it it weird is one. a really interesting looking book. Uh, if you're into like vampires and gore and stuff, that would be a good one for you. Uh, it's Terry McGinnis, by the way. There you go. Terry yeah, McGinnis. Terry McGinnis, played by Will Friedle on the on the television show. I love Will Friedle. Oh, uh, yeah. Twig, number one. Uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number seven. Manifest Destiny number 46. Sweet Paprika number 9. Monkey Meat number 5. Metal Society number 1. Frontiersman Lockup Special number 1. And we got some from Boom. Uh, Once in Future number 25. Magic the Gathering number 14. And they have a new Dune series starting. Uh, Dune, The Waters of Canley number 1. And we got Jim Henson's The Storyteller, Shapeshifters 3. That's all I wrote down. But there are other books out there. So check out leagueofcomicgeeks.com for all the new books coming out. You can also go back in weeks and see what's coming out, what came out. You can go forward a week or two and see what's coming out later. Uh, but check it out. They've got lots of good stuff. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. You got some ruddy, mysterious music? Oh, yeah. I'll cue music. provided by Dylan Owen. Check him out on YouTube. He's a pretty good, uh, pretty good composer. Very good. Uh, this was a copyright and royalty-free uh, music piece that we had to borrow. Okay. So, Doctor Strange. Origins and Creators. He is created by Steve Ditko in 1963. Ah, yes. The legend of Steve Ditko. Yes. He first appears in Strange Tales... 110 so uh he appears in the strange tales series from 110 to 169 so 59 books uh in some ways as a strange tales stated collection book until nine uh 169 Hmm. so like strange tales you get like a book 
story about Nick Fury and you get one about uh, Daredevil or, you know, just throwing stuff out there. Yeah. Not Here's a fun, fun fact sure. about that. Okay. Uh, Strange Tales number 110. He, now this is an interpretation fact, but it seems to be pretty shared across the way. Like most people that I've I've run into or, or read articles or read um, their reviews of Doctor Strange, uh, mm-hmm. they all seem to agree upon this. So I have to say it's a pretty well-known shared fact. He looks Asian in that first one. And everyone says that over the course of the Strange Tales comics, he ends up looking less Asian and more Caucasian. If you want, go ahead and look at Doctor Strange when he looked Asian at one point. Although... It can be interpreted several different ways. Yeah, I mean, some of these early books, the the drawings are just less detailed. I guess would be the best way to describe it. It's just how it's just how he was drawn. I yeah. think the way he was trying to draw him was very much like um, Ming in Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his character is inspired by a lot of those like uh, high science fiction fantasy uh, movies from the the time funny because it's always the it's the same exaggerated features on on characters like that like have you ever seen star trek voyager oh of course uh you know when tom paris likes to play his little captain proton hollow novels mm-hmm. yeah it's like that that evil character i can't remember what his name is captain proton's nemesis has those really exaggerated eyebrows the really weird receding hairline well i mean what is it about villains where they just have to have an impeccable you have to have extremely exaggerated hair features. The beard's yeah. got to be pointed. It's all got to be very polygon when it comes to very, your hair. Very sharp. Yeah. But that's just how it was, and some people seem to interpret Doctor Strange as originally Asian, which is interesting. Yeah. I don't think... I don't... I can see it, but I also see that it could be looking Caucasian, too. That's just how yeah, you interpret I think, it, I guess. I think that one's just... Uh... I think, again, it's, it's just to the detail. It's like, I don't know if they mentioned much about his background during that issue, because I doubt they do. No, not much. Far. But uh, I thought it was a fun yeah. fact. If you look at it, it, it you, you could see it. But who knows? Okay. So yeah, during this period, we see comic book greats like Bill Everett, known for creating Namor and co-creating Daredevil. Uh, artist Marie Severin, Dan Adkins, uh, Strange, Strange's first solo run artist Gene Kalan, and Tom Palmer. Uh, Strange Tales becomes Doctor Strange at Strange Tales 169 and uses the legacy uh, numbers for the 69. first 14 issues. 69. <laughs> uh, during his appearances in the issues of Marvel Feature, at Marvel Premiere, we saw the introduction of Shuma Gorath, Eternity, uh, C.S. Neg, which is the uh, reverse of Genesis. Eternity. Nice. Yeah. The Defenders. I'm very and interested his... to find out whether or not the Living Tribunal is going to be something that we see in the Multiverse I, of Madness. Well, it, even if it doesn't show up in Multiverse of Madness, it, it's going to show up at some point, for sure. It, it, when we're acting on such a grand cosmic scale, if none of these... Cosmic entities show up I would be real mad because We've already seen Celestials but there's Clearly more powerful beings in the universe Other than Celestials I mean if we were to see the Living Tribunal That's like top three 
I'm pretty sure it's Hell the yeah. Living Tribunal, and then Eternity. who is it? I thought Living Tribunal was much more powerful than Eternity. Well, yeah, but I think she'd be in the top three. I don't think so. I mean, on all the lists that I've seen, I don't think Eternity even makes it to top five. I mean, she's the embodiment of the entire universe. Well, isn't it? I would argue against that. I, you're more than welcome to, but I'm saying Living Tribunal's way up there. Definitely top yeah, three. For sure. Obviously, number one is the one above all, but we're getting too far ahead in yeah. that. I want to say there's something in between that I see a lot of, but I can't remember. I want to say the Beyonder makes it in there somewhere. The Star Brand. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to go with... I just would love to see the Living Tribunal, personally, and some more of them cosmic entities. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see him eventually. I know we uh, will. Once we get otherwise, Kevin Feige, I'm coming for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you heard it. Here I'd never first. do it. I'd never do it. That that man's a, that man's too good. I don't know him personally, but I hear good things. But what you want? <laughs> I yeah. would love to. So yeah, uh, so you see uh, the defenders and uh, his claiming the title Sorcerer Supreme after being forced. To shut down the ancient one's mind, which causes their physical death. This all happens in the first, like, couple appearances of Doctor Strange. So, but who? But who is Doctor Strange? Who is Stephen Strange? Yeah, let's. What's uh, what's his what's his origin story from the comic books, as opposed to the one that we saw in uh, the movie so it's, from it's a few not years back? So separate from that, uh, but it is you know a little bit different. So, Dr. Stephen Strange is a highly arrogant and egotistical doctor who graduated from Columbia Medical School. While depicted as a neurosurgeon in recent books and movies, Strange was originally cast as an exceptional, versatile surgeon. In addition to being arrogant, Strange also only considers offers from the richest patients, so he's probably working as a private surgeon rather than uh, a public hospital surgeon because he wouldn't be able to pick and choose. As Got a, it. a public official. So he works for uh, a private hospital or his own practice. Like that, or he contracts through it or something. Something like that, sure. Yeah. Much like the movie Strange, he gets in a car accident which damages his hands beyond repair and causes constant tremor. Uh, unable to take the hit to his ego that teaching would require. Strange wastes all his money trying anything that could heal his hands only to end up destitute unable to connect to his colleagues due to him being a total douche wagon. <laughs> Steven uh, becomes a uh, drifter until he overhears two sailors talking about a hermit called the ancient one who resides in the Himalayas. So he's like uh, literally out of pocket living on the street in the books. Oh, yeah. uh, so maybe not quite as far as the movie version went. So it's like right, this is after his injury, he ends up living essentially on the the street. Yeah, yeah. He t- he tries to do a whole bunch of expensive uh, treatments that definitely do not work. Um, so he just ends up becoming a drifter, drifting around here and there. Gotcha. And Christine uh, is this Christine in the in the comics themselves, or is this just something um, that was? Uh, it, you know, it didn't mention it at all. Interesting. We should look this. We should look this yeah. up. You keep going. I'll look that up. Okay. Uh, although he does not believe in the concept of magic, Stephen spends what little money he has to get to the Himalayas. Uh, during his first few days trying to get into the Ancient One's temple, he overhears the Ancient One's disciple, Baron Mordo, plotting to kill the Ancient One. 
When Stephen attempts to warn the Ancient One, he is met with disbelief. Even though Stephen pleads for the Ancient One to believe him, the Ancient One eventually restrains him. Desperate to be healed and genuine concern for the Ancient One leads Stephen to beg the Ancient One to believe him that he will submit to whatever the Ancient One requires. Uh, Ancient One releases Stephen, convinced of his sincerity, and tells him that he has been aware of Baron Mordo's treachery the entire time. Uh, the Ancient One trains Stephen Strange in the mystic arts, and Stephen Strange moves into the Sanctum Sanctorum, where he quickly becomes Baron Mordo's frequent foil. So Mordo in the books, always a villain, always uh, Strange's like nemesis. It's nice. It's, it's nice to have seen a different interpretation of that. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it when <laughs> I don't want to say that. It's weird, but I'll say it anyway. I like, I like it when good guys go bad. <laughs> almost like almost as much as I like the um, the evil universe in Star Trek. You know which one I'm right. talking about. Yeah, that was pretty. pretty I bad. everything about that, especially the way they did it in Discovery. Whew, love everything about it. Yes. So uh, we're going to talk about a couple of his allies and a couple of his villains. Uh, so one of his allies that we see kind of dotting throughout uh, the books, uh, throughout most of them, uh, is Clea, uh, Dormammu's niece, who eventually becomes Doctor Strange's wife. And uh, in a recent book, actually became the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth. And she is the Sorceress Supreme of the Dark Dimension as well. Yeah, so very powerful. Um, we'll get into a little bit later about how she became the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth. Uh, but she is like, they kind of said her apprentice in some of the books I've read. But I, I think that's like, maybe, maybe not because she's from the Dark Dimension. So she probably had pretty good magic to start with. Uh, but you also see, so there's uh, Doctor Strange's Academy, which is a series that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um Dormammu's son, whose name is Doyle, is uh, a student at the school. Are you fucking? Are, are you fucking kidding me? I am. I am not. Doyle. It and the story is uh, written by Scotty Young. Could he have chosen a better name? It's such a nerdy name. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but he he's definitely a nerd in the in the comic. So so ap- aptly named. Sorry to all the Doyles out there. Uh, of course, we have Wong. Uh, Strange's longtime friend and compatriot. Sometimes he's shown as a butler. So there, there is an arc where Wong is not a student of the Ancient One, where he's more or less like the the living help of Doctor Strange, which is, I think, a, a misuse of the character for sure. I mean, it's 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 like Jarvis, like how they turned Jarvis from a butler into like the the voice in the suit. I think a more interesting use of that character than just letting them be a butler. Of course, we have like a whole bunch of various Avengers, uh, various teams of Avengers as well. More recently, um, he's been in the team of Avengers uh, that came after after Avengers disassembled. There's a, a couple arcs with new Avengers before uh, before Doctor Strange joins officially. Uh, Mordred the Mystic. So uh, the son of King Arthur and uh, recently uh, been revealed to be a mutant 
uh, and he resided in Otherworld, which is the like uh, uh, Avalon uh, type mystical magic realm that you see a lot in um, the X-Men books, Excalibur. There's uh, Wiccan. Wiccan is uh, one of the Scarlet Witch's sons. Yeah, we saw him, didn't we? Yeah, in, uh, um, so you see him in, in uh, a facsimile of the comic book uh, costume in WandaVision, but uh, he is one of his uh, recent allies. So Christine Palmer in the comics, or Earth 616 is what I'm mm-hmm. going to go with, was part of the Night Nurse comics. Oh, okay. Um, along with Linda Carter and um, and another one that the name escapes me. They sort of uh, interpreted <clears throat> Linda Carter and all them when they did the Claire Temple character in Daredevil and the, the Netflix Marvel series. She technically was the night nurse, but she wasn't really the night nurse. I don't think they ever referred to her that in the movie, in the shows, but I don't remember. No, I don't think so. Uh, but they interpreted, or they at least put her, or at least the, the, the character they sort of interpreted as being that character, but it really wasn't. They probably just didn't want to do it crazy but that that's what it seems like to me i don't know if she had really any affiliation with dr strange specifically but she was in the night nurse comics for sure okay very neat very neat yeah uh so we also have uh the scarlet witch wanda maximoff as uh sometimes ally sometimes villain of dr strange depending on uh you know how she feels that day really uh how she feels well, as we know that uh that Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, has wild swings from heroics to villainy and, you know, all the Everything in moral gray area in between. And she's uh, kind of bipolar, at least in the MCU. In in the comic books, um, she is disturbed, I would say, is the, the right That's the appropriate term. I would say <clears throat> disturbed is sufficient. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think we've only just started to see her power. If you're listening to this now and something crazy happens in Multiverse of Madness, we haven't seen it yet. So I mean, we've seen... Forgive us for, uh, for not being able to speak to that. We've seen a significant amount of her power. She can hold... Not so so we've, seen, we've seen like a, a big like spell that kind of like takes this whole area over for like uh, you know, all the people who live in it. Everything inside of it, more or less. Yeah, not uh, even it's just like that. a limited amount of space. Yeah, not even just in, that. But in Infinity War, we saw how exceptionally powerful she really was. She literally right. could have ripped Thanos apart while at the same time ripping, uh, shattering all the Infinity Gems. Yeah, yeah, shattering an Infinity Stone. That takes a, 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 significant, a significant amount, amount of power. Of power yeah. That's a power yeah, level in, that is up there with. Captain Marvel, and at at some point you gotta say she's probably a lot more powerful than Captain Marvel, but she's less durable than Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, and like the 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 access to her power really depends on her ability to wield it, and to uh, honestly to be mentally stable enough to wield it. Unfortunately, but in the comic books, like they're literally able to change the entire reality of the planet Earth. Uh, in a moment. Yeah. So, like, the, the power level uh, of that character in the comic books is is probably pretty pretty high. It's got to be top ten, maybe. 
I gotta say, I gotta say, Wanda Maximoff is probably a lot more powerful now that she has been able to research and look at the Darkhold. So right. we haven't. We're we. I think we've only just begun to see how powerful she can be we've in the MCU. Begun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Moving on, uh, we have Damien Hellstrom, um, who is also uh, from the Son of Satan comic books. Uh, he is Son of Satan. Um, but he is definitely like an anti-hero. Uh, so someone who is like against their their parents' wishes. Um, we actually have a MCU, Damien Hellstrom. Do we? Uh, Where is it? Yes, from the show that uh, came in. Hulu is this Hulu show. It was a Hulu show? Yeah, it had Damien Hellstrom and his sister and Caretaker and... Uh, it might have been the protectors of the Darkhold. Oh, I didn't see that one. Uh, and then Magic, Magic, uh, Ilya Rasputin, uh, Colossus's sister, another mutant. Nice. Uh, who is uh, also like a magician. Uh, and then there's villains. Of course, we have Dormammu, who we've already seen, uh, who is a warlord of the Dark Dimension. And there is Nightmare. Uh, they were talking about Nightmare a lot. Uh, the first. Uh, announcement of this movie multiverse of madness being the primary villain uh so we can definitely count on probably seeing him at some point from what, uh, I've, from what I've heard so far manipulation of dreams like uh freddy krueger yeah from what i've heard so far about the doctor strange movie it's horror that's the genre that they really should have called it it's action okay. but it's horror like an action horror. action horror yeah got it so I'm okay. very excited because I felt like they're they've been expanding what the superhero genre can be, like with the last few films that they've come out with. Specifically, like uh, as an example, Black Widow. Yeah, that was a very spy thriller type of movie, but it was also a superhero movie. So they're like expanding the genre of a superhero film, or at least reinterpreting it inside of a different. Trope. Yeah, I mean, even Loki, you can kind of call like a, a police drama. You call that a procedural, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not like crime and punishment, but it's yeah, very it's procedural. No NYPD blue, but you know. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's more. It's clearly meant to be in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> it's more yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine than it is uh, Law and Order or something like that. For sure. But yeah, I get I get what. I, I, I love that they're doing that because doesn't make it so that it's just superhero films for the sake of superhero films. It's superhero films with a story. I mean, yeah, it gives them a a flavor, something that people who may not be 100% into the superhero portion of the movie uh, to get into and, like, appreciate. Yeah, and bravo to all of the, uh, the writers and the directors and everyone. Who has come together to turn this this uh, <clears throat> comic book? And I think it definitely extends lifestyle. Like, I think is what I want to go with the comic material. book lifestyle into a main uh, mainstream kind of popular or pop culture phenomena because everyone should be nerds. Oh yeah, that's we're, our, we're, fly your nerd flag proud. Yes, we're we're here for you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Kathan, God of Chaos, uh, Sidorak as well. Sidorak. Uh, Fun fact about Sidorak. Yeah, let's hear it. Juggernaut, 
or what, what's his real name? I never remember his real name. But Juggernaut uh, actually got his powers from finding the Sidorak gem, or the gem that essentially threw his powers, or made him an avatar of Sidorak, gave him all of the powers as is. He's not a mutant. Not a mutant. Cain uh, Marco. That's it. Somehow he's, he's related to Professor X. Uh, yes, he is his brother. I think. Adopted brother. That's another look up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to look that up while I continue. You continue. I'll be back. Right, so we got uh, the wielders of the Darkhold. Dr. Doom, of course. Uh, Kulin Gath, which is a recent one. Uh, Kulin Gath is a sorcerer pulled out of the pages of Conan the Barbarian. Shuma Gorath. Stepbrother. He's the stepbrother of Professor Step- Enchantress, who is a member of uh, the Asgard. Uh, they have Kisilius. an Enchantress in, uh, in the Marvel Universe as well as the DC? Don't think we've seen an Enchantress yet in the Marvel Universe. Um, so the only film one would be uh, the DC version, which is obviously not the same character. Yes, definitely not the same character. And we see a couple different Enchantresses throughout Marvel, as you usually do with characters. Uh, there's this version that is the, the Asgardian. Uh, there's um, a character who calls herself Enchantress in the Dark Reign Young Avengers, um, who turns out to be um, another Asgardian character. And then there... Oh, they were... Uh, they were uh, words, brain... Words, brain, all work same time. Wasn't uh, um, Sylvie... The body. Dottie in WandaVision has been rumored to be Enchantress. I thought Sylvie was supposed to have been rumored Maybe to I'm be Enchantress. Yeah, I, Lo- you're talking Loki. about the... Uh, oh, you're talking about that, Sylvie. Yeah, maybe. They could, honestly, they could pull a multiverse and say they're both Enchantress. They they could. I mean, she's, could. she's a variant of Loki and she could call herself the Enchantress. Why the hell not? Uh, Caecilius, who we saw in uh, Doctor Strange. And then Dweller in Darkness, who is the uh, creature in the cave in the mystical uh, town in Shang-Chi. Oh, yes. And uh, here's a fun fact about that guy. He sure. straight up looks like Cthulhu. He's got squid face and everything. That's, that's always the way. Those ancient elder gods always looking like squid face. I know. I know. <laughs> the future gods, they, they're going to be crabs because everything turns into crab. Crab people. Yeah. Crab people. Crab, Crab people. people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that brings us to uh, the next run of Dr. Strange's is the 1980s. Music brought to you by Carl Casey at White Bad Audio. Check them out on YouTube. They're great. <laughs> now this leads us into 1980, where Strange gets a number of allies, including the sorceress Topaz. Uh, during a battle, the Sanctum Sanctorum is badly damaged, and all of Strange's books and several artifacts are destroyed or missing, setting up a confrontation with the Egyptian god Set. After Strange's powers, we can buy the loss of his library. So uh, throughout his books, you do see a couple different 
confrontations, battles between Doctor Strange and uh, the Pantheon of Gods from Egypt. So we know with Moon Knight that all the Egyptian gods are definitely real, although some of them are imprisoned in Ushapti. We already know that the gods exist in the universe at some point. And we know that with upcoming Thor Love and Thunder, we're going to see more of the, uh, I, I will go with quotes, gods. Like Zeus and the Greek uh, pantheon, for sure, we're going to be seeing in Thor Love and Thunder. Do you think uh, Pelops will be there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. He'll be the appetizer. I can't wait. So we'll, we'll probably have to go into... Um, when we do run into some ghouls in the Stargate Sundays, we'll have to go into the gods that behind them. Yes. But, yeah, well, yeah. but I'll uh, save that for when we run into them for sure. Yes. So uh, we've got like a whole bunch of interactions with the Egyptian gods uh, for Doctor Strange during this time. Uh, it's a lot of like like otherworldly mystic versus like I guess conventional magic, like uh, you know, like we see in the movies, the like shields and weapons he creates. It's more like uh, complex spell casting, I guess. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so unfortunately, during this time, Doctor Strange no longer appeared in his own series, but in Strange Tales one through nineteen, with heroes like Co- Cloak and Dagger, uh, we also saw Strange undertake a resurrection of the Defenders, uh, his team created in Strange Tales, who died in their final book. Wow. Wow. I mean. It, <laughs> That's one way to, to go out, like, okay, you're ending my series, I'm going to kill everybody. Bam! Well, later, peace, drop the mic. Peace. I'm going to DC. <laughs> so that brings us to the 90s. So the 90s is a big resurgence for Doctor Strange. So during the 90s, with a new series of his own titled Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme, I ran for 90 issues. 90. Nice. Yes, from 1988 to 1996. So a nice, good couple-year run there. Uh, The creative team was Peter Gillis, Richard Case, and Randy Emberlin. In issue 48, Doctor Strange refuses to go to war on the behalf of the Vishanti and is stripped of his title and much of his power. Now, the Vishanti um, can be categorized as um, kind of the opposite to um, like the powers of the dark hold or Sidorak, uh, powers of chaos. Um, they're more powers of order or um, the wielders of white magic. Yeah, as opposed to dark magic. Yes. I gotcha. So they cast him out. Uh, it's cost him to seek other avenues such as chaos magic. Uh, Strange also formed the secret defenders during this time and uh, in issue 50 of uh, Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme as a mission-based team that would rotate members based on need. So uh, most notable members is Wolverine, Darkhawk, Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, uh, Spider-Man, Hulk, Ghost Rider. I couldn't find whether it was uh, uh, Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch, uh, but it says Ghost Rider. So gotcha. we got a Ghost Rider in there. Nice. Uh, and I say that because this is the time period where we had both uh, Johnny Blaze, Danny Ketch, and then um, Vengeance, uh, Michael Badalino. Nice. So you had three. You had three Ghost Riders. 
Uh, so the group eventually disbands after a lack of popularity with issue number 25. Uh, Doctor Strange also joined the Midnight Suns uh, for the Siege of Darkness storyline, which saw the team fight Lilith, Queen of Demons, and Zarathos, Devourer of Souls. We also see Lilith uh, for the upcoming uh, Diablo 4, so I'm super, super excited for that. Much very, excited. Very excited. Super excited. Yeah. All the excitement is now inside your brain. It is. <laughs> um, so Midnight Suns is made up of Johnny Blaze, Danny Ketch, and Vengeance. We got Morbius, the Living Vampire, Blade, Frank Drake, Hannibal King, Mordred the Mystic, the Darkhold Redeemers, and Guardians of the Darkhold. Wow. And then in the events of Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme number 80, Doctor Strange regains his title of Sorcerer Supreme. So a nice, like, uh, like time for Doctor Strange, like, as an active member of the Marvel Universe. In the 90s? We're still in the mm-hmm. 90s, right? In the yeah. 1990s, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In a time where, like, a lot of the books are really being dominated by, like, uh, X-Men and all the offshoots of X-Men, uh, I mean... you know. I don't remember anything but the X-Men from the 90s, especially that X-Men uh, animated series. Oh, I mean, for me, the, the 90s was only X-Men and Spider-Man. That's it. Yeah. And everything else might as well not existed. Yeah. Didn't need to at that point. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but that leads us to the more recent 2000s. And we got a lot of stuff here because this is when I started to re-get into comic books so i had broke out um a uh book like a box banker box of books from this time period that Mm -hmm. uh, had dr strange in them nice so you've got a lot of stuff to talk about in the 2000s all right so uh one of my favorite writers uh j michael straczynski uh updates stephen strange's backstory in the series strange uh which came out in 2004 2005 j michael straczynski Mm-hmm. Like the guy, never mind, you keep going. Yeah, J. Michael Straczynski uh, was a, a pretty like uh, popular Marvel writer during this time. Uh, he also wrote like three really big uh, Spider-Man stories during this time, which also included um, uh, the Back in Black storyline and uh, One More Day. So uh, like really big uh, Spider-Man stories. Um, for one more day. He's back in black. Is this the same J. Michael Straczynski who wrote and um, created Babylon 5? No. It's a different one. I don't think so. At least I didn't see anything that um, uh, attributed it to him. That's very interesting. I have to look this up because yeah, yeah that is a fantastic science fiction uh, I mean, as writers, you see a lot of like crossover. Actually, um, nar- novelist uh, Ed Brubaker uh, wrote a large number of Captain America comics during the 2000s that like uh, won a lot of rewards. They were really good. Yeah. So this backstory more clearly aligns with the movie lore. So, um, well, Doctor Strange is it a is core actor. It is him. Oh, it is him. Yeah, J. Michael Straczynski. Oh, okay. So in the early 90s, he, he uh, created Babylon 5. Um, and then in the 2000s, he started writing for Marvel Comics, including the Amazing Spider-Man run from 2001 to 2007. Um, yeah, he had a nice long run. Yeah. Oh, my 
god, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Uh, that that's awesome. He's I a fantastic writer, and honestly, anybody who hasn't watched Babylon Five, go watch it. Uh, the yeah, and if you have watched it, you should pick up the Spider-Man stories written the, by him. Yeah, the CGI uh, in that show, even though it's from the nineteen nineties, uh, it's pretty cheesy, but it's um, it's pretty cool. I like it. It's like it's like um, playing a video game. That's the kind okay. of CGI you see. I love it. Nice. Are we talking like Bioshock CGI, or are we talking? We're talking like, like you know. You know those video games that were more like stories that you just kept clicking through, like click through stories. Yeah, those kind of ones is what it felt like. But Babylon Five was such a great story to start with. Unfortunately, it was pretty. It was fraught with extremely disturbing cursing, like curses. That's not the, oh, that like, sentence uh, sort of got away from me. Mishaps. No, like there was a curse on the goddamn cast for doing it. Most of the main cast from that 1990s show is dead. Oh almost, God! Almost, really? almost, almost entirely the entire thing. Wow! Like if I were to look it up right now, I'm gonna tell you right now, most of the main cast is comp- is dead, and it's from like none of them were that old. None of them died of old age. They all died of something crazy. Um, Mira Furlan, who played Delenn, she's dead. She died of, like, cancer or something. Uh, she died recently. She only died last year at 65. Uh, Richard Biggs, the guy who played the doctor, uh, he died at, like, 40. He was not old at all. He died at 44, actually. Um, Stephen First. Fear Kodo. Stephen First, you'll probably remember from Animal House. He played the the, the kid that they took the car from. Uh, um, Andreas Katsoulis, who played Jakar, he is also dead. Jerry Doyle, who played Michael Garibaldi. Uh, Jeff Conaway, he obviously died in unfortunate circumstances. Michael O'Hare, he also died. One, two, three, four, five... Six, seven, seven of the main cast, all dead. That's very disturbing and sad. Yeah, that's tragic. Yeah, and uh, I heard a little while ago, probably a year or so ago, that they were planning on rebooting Babylon 5. Oh, hell yes. And I'm like, that would be awesome, but at the same time, let's not continue the curse here. Let's, uh, let's smoke some sage and... Yeah, somebody somebody get an exorcist or something in here because we need to We need a young exorcist. And we need a clean exorcist. yeah. We need a young priest and an old priest. Clean this house. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Yeah, let's continue, but <laughs> uh, while Doctor Strange isn't a core actor in many events during the 2000s, he appears in many books as a consult or frequent companion. Uh, Doctor Strange appears in many issues of the new Avengers series, started after the events of Avengers Disassembled, and in the limited series Illuminati. Uh, Within the books of Illuminati, Doctor Strange, along with Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, Namor, Black Bolt, Charles Xavier, attempt to influence major events before they can take place. Uh, The Illuminati confront the Skrull after a failed invasion though this eventually leads to the events of Secret Invasion due to the group being captured during the confrontation. So you see in this issue, 
something akin to what happens in the beginning of Captain Marvel, where she thinks she's, you know, living this other life and then uh, kind of breaks out of that illusion. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, essentially what happens is they're trying to get information out of them uh, after they failed to confront them. And uh, then they escape for real. It's it's a good issue. All the all the um, and the issue number for the for the listeners at home. Hmm. The issue number for the listeners at home. Oh, that's Illuminati number one. Illuminati number one. Yeah. Cool. So there's only there's only five of the core series, and then uh, there's one for Secret Invasion. Um, that's its own issue. And that's all the ones that I'm aware of, and they're they're all good. Uh, they do also kind of appear in um, the New Avengers books here and there, uh, since the the core cast isn't really made of those characters. It doesn't happen often, but you do see like little bit little blips here and there. And then eventually, um, Black Panther joins. Well, uh, that's not part of this one. Uh, so, yep. So. Uh, they also confront who they believe to be a Beyonder, who had created Battle World, where 37 of the world's greatest heroes fought to the death for the fate of their world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this Beyonder turns out to be a mutant who underwent Terranogenesis uh, in the inhuman home of Etilan. So uh, the Inhumans are a Cree-human hybrid uh, race when the Cree were attempting to seed uh, Earth. Um, and they they were trying to create yeah they were trying to create soldiers yes with extraordinary powers and we just happened to be the only what do you call it species that was capable of changing when given the terogenesis mm-hmm. so uh terogenesis is a, a process where they go into this kind of like uh, crystal bath uh that has like a lot of like gas that comes off of the crystals and I then, would I would um, suggest looking up um, from Agents of Shield Terragenesis because they they do a pretty good um, video of it. Yes, and they 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 show it a couple different ways in the books. Either uh, it's just them going into this like kind of bathhouse type thing that's like a ritual chamber, or uh, they also have a version where uh, this kind of gas cloud envelops you and then you form a chrysalis. And then you pop out of it later. Um, but uh, he's a mutant who also gained uh, inhuman power. And this caused him to have just uh, another level of power altogether. And and honestly, the, the book uh, is more interesting because there's not much combat to it. It's all almost exposition. This, this is the Beyonder? I thought the Beyonder was a being. This is a Beyonder. A Beyonder. This is someone who they thought was a Beyonder oh, okay. and called himself a Beyonder, but he is not. Oh, okay, okay. Just, just so for clarification, yeah. he, he's a mutant who gained inhuman powers. Go. So, uh, he's just more powerful than either. Um, and then they convince him to flee the universe so that humanity can develop uninterrupted with, because they don't believe that he's going to keep his hands out of uh, the pudding, the cookie so jar. Yeah. Who the hell says pudding? You don't like to just jam your hands into pudding and then just smear it all over your face and lick it off. You're an animal. I'm gonna have to get yeah. you. I'm gonna have to call your therapist. 
I mean, he's heard all about it. Jesus. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so the Illuminati uh, convinces this meander to plead. I already said this line. I, I I wrote it twice. I wrote the thing twice. Well, sometimes Here. you do that. I do. Uh, you know. Uh, all right. So even even the Infinity Stones uh, get brought in during uh, their attempts to keep humanity safe with their shady holier than thou actions. Uh, Mr. Fantastic calls on the group to help him gather the Infinity Stones so that no might, no other may have them. Uh, what he fails to tell them until like they're already in the room talking about it is, oh, yeah, I already have three of them. Of course. And the gauntlet. Oh, that son of a bitch. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck, bro? And he's like, well, I thought I could do it by myself because I'm great. You know, my name is Mr. Fantastic. Um, he doesn't say that. But he's like, well, I thought I could do it by myself. But it turns out, uh, the more you have, the harder it is to get the other ones. Um, so they create a plan to get all these other stones, because they all have to get them at basically the same time, so it's not like super hard to get one. Um, they do. Uh, they are ultimately able to gather all the stones. Nice. Uh, when Uatu the Watcher appears to chide Mr. Fantastic, as it turns out, Mr. Fantastic wanted to use the gauntlet to disperse the stones forever, but as a primal force of the universe, it is impossible to do so. Uh, with this revelation, Mr. Fantastic gives a stone to each of the members of the Illuminati to hide. Uh, and then the rest of the stories are like on a smaller scale. So they they talk to uh, this kid that invaded under pre-banner. His name is Novar, but they want him to consider becoming a hero instead to do something great instead of something evil mm -hmm. and to, to retake the mantle of Captain Marvel. He kind of does. We'll get into that later if we do like Young Avengers. So also a fun fact about the Infinity Stone book, the colors of the stone are different than the ones uh, listed in the movie and the stones as shown now in current books. I mean, they, uh, they, you know, when you create something, you sort of have to, it can't be stuck in stone, to, to pun, forgive the pun, but it can't be always stuck. As long as it's consistent in the story you're telling, I don't see, like, a problem with it being different in a different story. Yeah, no. You know? Um, so, uh, that's that's basically the, the stuff you see from the Illuminati, but it gives supposed to give you the impression that this group of uh, heroes are kind of putting the the survival of humanity on their own shoulders and are uh maybe taking chances with the survival of humanity uh that they shouldn't be and we see that blow up in their face uh in secret invasion that's great yes but we're gonna go back in time a little bit okay uh, so during the civil war storyline uh dr strange sits out as a conscientious objector uh, after Civil War, the death of the majority of the team of new warriors and numerous civilians, including children, during an attempted takedown of the villain Nitro, uh, which was televised due to the ongoing reality TV-style filming of the new warriors. That kicks off the Superhuman Registration Act, where Steven joins Luke Cage's Anti-Registration Act Avengers. So there's... We know Civil War in the MCU as being, uh, you know, Captain America versus Iron Man uh, over uh, the events of Age of Ultron. 
I mean, that's obviously a significant thing that happened in that universe that definitely could kick that off. Um, in this universe, where there's like 10 times as many superpowered individuals in the world, uh, you know, whereas there have been accidents, there haven't been instances of this magnitude caused by inexperienced heroes. Yeah. So ultimately, the argument comes down to, you know, that we can't allow, you know, superpowered kids to function anymore. Like everyone who isn't trained by like military people is not allowed to to act as a, a hero. And, you know, there are definitely good arguments and bad arguments against that. Um, but we see uh, Steven's take on it as, you know, this is below my in you know need to interact with. Uh, I'm here to save the world. I'm here to shield the world against uh, mystic forces. You know, it's not my fight to to have. So it's not really. He's not really saying that uh, he's above it. He's just saying this isn't priority. This isn't necessary right. for it's me. Not a, it's a, to deal it's a distraction. It's this not, is yeah. This uh, is someone uh, else's problem. This is not mine. I should be. I should be focusing on something else. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Uh, so he he joins the team, and they use the Sanctum Sanctorum as a temporary base. Um, so he he casts an illusion over the Sanctum Sanctorum that makes it look all run down and boarded up. Uh, he even has a fake banner that states that a Starbucks is going to be taking its location very soon, <laughs> uh, which I thought was great. That's great, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so while the team. Uh, attempts several actions to rescue arrested heroes like Captain America and uh, several others with uh, confront confrontations with Tony Stark's mighty Avengers. Um, we eventually find out the scrolls have infiltrated much of the U.S. government and replaced a large portion of the Earth's heroes and the events of Secret Invasion take place. So this is uh, essentially where scrolls are like, okay, game's up. You got us. But we still control everything, so come and take it. Do you think so this it, is going to be anything like what they're going to go do with Secret Invasion? Probably I not, since they've chosen so. since they've chosen different types of scrolls. Like the scrolls aren't evil in the MCU, right? And or technically, it, in the book, it, not all the scrolls would have been evil at this point. They just would have been more likely to capitulate with the Empire than not. It's entirely possible that what we're probably going to see is a different faction of Skrulls. I think Secret Invasion will probably show them taking over stuff. A different faction of Skrull, exactly. Um, I don't think it's going to be the, the, ones, the ones that we the, saw in Captain Marvel. It's going to be a right. different. Yeah, and it's, it's not going to show the ultimate confrontation, I think. I think that will be left to uh, probably a movie. Uh, so sometime after the resolution of the invasion, Norman Osborn uh, has taken control over the remnant of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, through deep political maneuvering and employed a criminal named Parker Robbins, or The Hood, whose powers are a mystical in nature, but very minor, uh, until he makes a bargain with Dormammu to take out Strange and Cage's Avengers. And then throughout the Brian Michael Bendis run of New Avengers, um, we see Dr. S confronted with choices 
to use dark magic to compensate for lack of foresight and preparation. Uh, after Dr. S uses dark magic to stop a rampaging Hulk, his powers wane and he takes up the search for new Sorcerer Supreme as he feels he is no longer worthy of the title. So after the events of Secret Avengers, taking him on a trip that includes talking to Jennifer Kale, uh, who is the mystical companion of the Man-Thing. So like the, the Marvel's uh, Swamp Thing. Nice. Uh, Wiccan. We talked about as one of Scarlet Witch's children, uh, Damien Hellstrom. Uh, ultimately, before the Eye of Agamotto chooses uh, Brother Voodoo as the new Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, so, Jericho Drum, uh, Brother Voodoo, is a really interesting character. Brother died and kind of haunts him. Like, it's not a, a negative thing, but uh, his brother's spirit kind of follows him around. Got it. Okay. Um, and. Uh, so before we move into like the 2010s, what's happening now with Doctor Strange? Um, as a side, like the 2000s, we see a lot of like really cool art from the books. So we see a really like dedication to going from like you know good comic book art from the 90s, um, which was like a you know evolution from the stuff before it, uh, to like really specifically like highly talented artists working mainly in comic books uh you get some really really cool artists out of it you got um steve mcniven who did a lot of the moon knight covers for the charlie houston run and then he's doing some of the covers for the current moon knight run uh david finch and uh, you got billy tan uh, Lenel Francis Yu, who did the entire Secret Invasion uh, event, and Frank Cho, just to name a few. Uh, those are a few of my favorites. Um, you can check out some of their uh, collection artwork at marvel.com. Um, I'm sure they have their own web pages too. Really check those out. Really, really cool pieces. All right. So that brings us to uh, the 2010s and, you know, what's happening now ish. Oh. Uh, so most recently, uh, we've seen a release of a book series called Doctor Strange's Academy. What the hell's that about? Uh, so it's essentially about a group of students um, of various mystical backgrounds um, learning to handle their magic and, you know, trying to get into a spot where they can you know, use their powers reliably and aren't a risk to the world around them. So we have uh, okay. Doyle Dormammu. Damn that son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> um, we have the two sons of Enchantress. Twin sons. Mm -hmm. There is also a frost giant. There's a zombie. And uh, there's several other, like, you know, fairly mundane people who just happen to gain like mystical powers and it's it's a very like uh his kids are in school it's gonna be a wacky time and it's very neat they haven't really uh featured into like any major events uh so there's not a lot of like you know quote-unquote extra things going on there it's it's all basically self-contained yeah um but it, it's a very interesting and if you're like really into Doctor Strange and magic stuff, uh, I would get it. Uh, Doctor Strange does not appear in the book very often. He is a tertiary character at best. 
Okay. So most of the like teaching appears through like other mystical characters, um, like magic, uh, Damien Hellstrom, and and you know any magical character in the MCU you can name has has probably appeared at least for a frame or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really, it's just about like the shenanigans with the kids. Evil shenanigans. Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the place with all the shit on the walls. With all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks. Oh. <laughs> uh, but there was a series that uh, came out just at the end of last year um, called The Death of Doctor Strange. Okay. Yes. And we also, we did also talk about uh, in our Carnage episode about how Doctor Strange shows up during Absolute Carnage as well as the King in Black. Uh, so he's he's been dicking around doing magic things here and there. He's been uh, around. He's been but, around. But uh, yeah, there, there hasn't been uh, a huge amount of Doctor Strange out there. Uh, pieces here and there, but not serious um, series. Uh, but the death of Doctor Strange, as you may imagine, involves what, Kevin? A plot device. A plot device. <laughs> what is that plot device? The death of Doctor Strange? The death of Doctor Strange. So, Doctor Strange uh, dies. They He just dies. He's like a dead guy. And then, like, all this crazy magical shit starts happening. Uh, and the warlords of the various dimensions start claiming territory on Earth and are weirdly, like, not expanding from those areas, but mm. just kind of, like, holding that area down. There's a whole thing about trying to find his killer when, guess who shows up? I, I don't know. Who shows up? Doctor Strange. What the? F- <laughs> so, to, to make it more complicated, um, this is not their Doctor Strange. It's a Doctor Strange cut out of a week of his life. So, using some crazy magic. He cuts a week of his life out and sets it aside and, you know, creates this trigger. And once he dies, <laughs> that this period of time, this, this, I, I don't know if I would say a clone of him because it's actually him. This, this week long period of his life then activates and shows up to just find out why he died. What the hell? Yes. That's pretty creative, I gotta say. It, it is. It's very, very creative. And uh, so we so we get the, the old Doctor Strange who uses, like, uh, the hoary hosts of Ho- Hogarth uh, and other, like, exclamations from, like, early Doctor Strange. The, this is the Doctor Strange who is the master of the mystic arts, not the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, like... Yeah, man, I've I've got magic, but I don't got magic. I uh, and you know they they then go and confront these warlords who eventually say, you know, we were fleeing our own realms because of this other threat, and the threat turns out to be uh, uh, the primordial child. So it's this like if they're going down the horror route, route, yeah, route, yeah. Rudy's Rudels, uh, in Multiverse of Madness, if we see the primordial child in there, that I wouldn't be surprised because it's straight up like a 
like huge ass baby that's like pitch black and like has like a gaping maw and apparently eats magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know uh, how to respond to this. <laughs> you want to respond? Go ahead. Uh, no, I have no I have no response for this. You have no response. Okay. Uh yeah. Yeah, so Crazy Magic Eating Baby it was released when he died. Uh and is accompanied by three crones. So um if you've ever played the Witcher series, in Witcher 3 there is a confrontation that you can uh, get into with these three witches uh, in the bog. And they're essentially uh, another facsimile of that group of witches that have appeared in like stories throughout um, history. And there's like uh, a couple different stories featuring them. But the, the whole thing is that they're, they're coming for, for the magic. And uh, once they figure out that uh, Doctor Strange was killed by Baron Mordo trying to get his shit take some magic, uh, they eventually dispatch Crazy Baby. Mm -hmm. And when I say dispatch, it's more like they lock him away. But uh, Isn't that what they always have to do with the the creatures? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to pen something as like being a, a, a force of the universe and power unbridled, to kill it in like five issues kind of demeans the seriousness of that power it defeats the purpose of that power it does, yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, <laughs> so that i mean that's where we're at now uh dr strange is is debtors for real okay and uh his wife clea has taken up the mantle of sorcerer supreme and uh we don't know what sort of um shenanigans he got into to pull that off because it's supposed to be determined by uh, like the eye of Agamotto and kind of like the force of the universe. Um, but it isn't because Clea straight up takes the title and uh, acts as Dr. Strange in the ongoing title strange. So that, yeah, that's where we're at. That's nice. where we're at with Dr. Strange right now. Well, you, that's, that's a lot. I mean, the yeah. characters existed for what? 50 years. More than that, actually. Uh, it's closer to uh, 60. Yeah. He's, he's reaching well, no, 60. almost 70. Is it? 70. Yeah. Yes. 1963. 40. Oh, that's 60. Do math better. I can't. My brain doesn't <laughs> do math. Yeah, 40 years to 2003, and then uh, 2023 would be 60. So, yeah. Yep. Well, okay. that's um, that's interesting. So, the latest issue is... Um, is what just I think it's strange? Strange, strange. I think they're on number three right now. Okay, so you I, can find that out at leaguecomicgeeks.com. So if you're interested in the latest uh, event with Doctor Strange, to find out what happens next with them, I would keep up on that strange series that's going on currently right now. And they'll probably release a, a trade paperback, like a grouping of those books, probably later this year. For the death of Doctor Strange, if you don't want to pick up like individual uh, issues, and like um, I said, also, like we've said, no, sorry, like like we said before, check out when Marvel Unlimited is uh, is half off. They tend to oh, do yeah. they do things like that all the time. And then and don't forget to stop into your <laughs> uh, local comic book shop. Or uh, yeah, do that. I like Empire Comics out here in Buffalo. Uh, also, in case you didn't know, Kev, 
this weekend is free comic book weekend. So stop on in, you nice. know, buy some stuff, get some free stuff. I love that. I love free comics. Yeah, of course. Also, you can uh, you can get what I like to do for my comics, or at least the majority of my comics. I will use Google Rewards to pay for them on Google Playbooks. So. Oh yeah, you've gotten like quite a few. I have. It's a lot of one-off issues. It's really hard to do that with ongoing series. Well, you know, you can uh, find like older like uh, collections of books for pretty oh, yeah. cheap on Google Play. Yeah, they usually sell them in volumes. Uh, for instance, the Blackest Night when I bought when I bought that, I bought the volumes, and those were easy to get a hold of. Yeah, all, I think all I got at once. Carnage USA for like five bucks for like the whole series. Yeah, yeah, I that's good. Uh, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week, I think. Right, Ryan? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm magicked out. Oh yeah, so uh, make sure to catch us on Stargate Sundays. Uh, Stargate this... Sundays. What are we talking about this week? This week, oh, it's Thor's hammer. Oh, this is where it gets big. This is a this is a non-miss episode. This is a very important episode if you want to keep track of uh, the multiple ongoing story arcs. So I'm excited to talk about this one. So nice. We'll see you on Sunday, and uh, please enjoy if you haven't already seen Doctor Strange. Go out and enjoy it because we're gonna go out and enjoy it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. At seven days to RSG. That's at the number seven days, the number two RSG. And um, we will uh, we'll talk to you later. We wish you seven days to rock and stone, Guardians. Rock and stone. Later. Bye bye.